What's up, everybody? Doug here. Uh, so, if you're listening to this, you've probably noticed that the episode did not come out on a Monday or Tuesday like we usually do. And the reason for that is that next week is going to be our big Halloween episode. So, that is already... that that n- Next week's show is already counted for, so I couldn't put out a review <clears throat> in that time slot. And then, also, we have a game that is under review embargo until... October 25th, which is Wednesday. So we're just pushing back the release date. And this episode is going to be a little different because it's just a a bunch of different, well, a bunch. Uh, Let's see. There's probably, uh, after the review embargo is added, it's probably going to be me reviewing like three or four games that we got codes for. Uh, So yeah. And this little segment here, I'm going to talk about the shortest game review I have, because I'm on my way to class right now, and then I'm going to record some more later. That's neither here nor there. Uh, but it was the first non-PC game code that we've gotten here at the Night Ride Home podcast, and it was for a game called Life of Delta. Um, this game, is it, it's a, it was a PS5 code, which it, it kind of worked out, because you know Spider-Man 2 is coming out, so I wanted to get... You know, the PS5 dusted off, <clears throat> and, you know, I got everything going. I got the system updates downloaded and all that fun stuff. And I started up Life of Delta, and <clears throat> it was one of those things where, you know, a lot of times when I review games, especially PC games, sometimes they don't have controller support. Like, uh, there's, uh, what's the game I'm thinking of? Uh, the Bloodline, <clears throat> which you're going to hear the review later on did not have native controller support. There were community layouts, but, you know, some games just don't have controller support. This is a game where I felt the opposite, and I felt that, excuse me, I felt that this game would just, you should play it on PC. Uh, If you absolutely don't have a choice, I mean, by all means, play this game on the console of your choice. I think it, you know, for sure it's on PlayStation 5, but I think it's also on Switch and Xbox. Uh, don't quote me on that, though, because, again, I'm driving. Uh, I can't look. But, basically, it's a point-and-click adventure game where you play as a little robot. Your name's Delta. Uh, you're in the uh, post-apocalyptic world where, basically, war has destroyed all the humans, and all that's left are robots and these lizards that look like humans but aren't humans. You know what I mean? <clears throat> and, basically, your friend leaves, and you've got to track him down. And this, you know, takes you on... A variety of different places where you have to, like the, <clears throat> for example, you start out in your, a lab and you have to figure out a way to get out of the lab. And once you're out of the lab, you have to figure out a way to chase after your friends. So you have to get to n- the next town over. So you have to basically you have to do a bunch of puzzles that get you the the items that you need to advance into the next level. It, it's very simple. It's you know it's standard point and click fare. Uh, the art style in this game is absolutely incredible. Uh, the, the music was, you know, it was fine. It, it, you know, it wasn't bad. It wasn't good, but I do plan on listening, uh, looking up life of Delta on Spotify to see the, the soundtrack is available there, which, you know, th- that's going to be a topic. Cause I, I just want to talk about what Spotify has been doing lately. Uh, but, but that's for another day. <clears throat> uh, performance wise, uh, it was on PlayStation five. So obviously this game, you know, it ran really well. The, Everything about this game, from the characters and the, you know, the art style, all that stuff 
is great. You should, if, if you like unique art styles, this is a game for you. You should definitely play it. The problems for this game are just because it is not suited for a controller. I'm sorry. Uh, some people might disagree, and they might be able to pick this game up on controller and, you know, just make it sing. But a lot of the mini games that you need to do in order to <clears throat> progress the story, you know, get items to progress the story, you need precise input. You know, you need to scroll over and click X on things. And a lot of times uh, it was hard to get the cursor to be exactly where I needed to be. And sometimes I'd, you know, press X and the game just wouldn't register it. Uh, but that's really the only problem this game has. The, the mini games and the puzzles that you do throughout the game are absolutely incredible. And as a whole, minus the control issue... This game is fantastic. If you want a more in-depth look into what I think about the game, you can go over to our WordPress page and check it out there. There's a uh, full written review. Uh, and there's also written reviews available for all the games that I'm going to talk about on this week's episode. Uh, I'm trying to think of if uh, I've got anything else to say. Uh, oh, just a, a, a few little things of housekeeping before I turn over to the next review. I've got another show, December 1st and 2nd at LaBerge in the L Bar. Come on out, you guys, and uh, that's all for now. Be sure to uh, share the episode and subscribe. See you later. What's up, everybody? Doug here, and uh, for the first time in a while, we are doing an episode of the Night Ride Home podcast when it's actually nighttime outside uh, because uh, this is uh, kind of a... It's just me. It's just me, and I don't really think I'm going to have time tomorrow to do it, so I just figured I'd do it now. And honestly, I, I usually like listening to like horror podcasts and stuff like that when it's nighttime when I'm on the ride home, which is why I don't usually do these. But to, you know what? We're just going to do it. And uh, today, when this recording comes out, I don't know if I will have more than uh, another, like another segment attached to this, but uh, we're just going to go with it. This is going to be the audio version of our uh, review for The Bloodline, which is an early... Well, uh, review is a strong word for what this is going to be, because this game is still in early access, so I guess you I guess you'd call it a preview. Uh, now, I'm not sure if this is true, but I, I've heard that this is made by one guy, and he has been you know, making this game on his own. And uh, real quick, so there's a new Whataburger here in Sulphur. And the line is so ridiculous. If you're in that line, shame on you. Because you could be making better decisions. Uh, back to the bloodline. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's an open world RPG. Uh, the description says that he was inspired by uh, Mountain Blade. Which was a game... Uh, I don't know if you remember the NVIDIA G... Was it called... It was in, it was an Nvidia device, but it was like an Xbox 360 controller, and like it had like a little clamshell that you flip up, and it was a screen. And I played that game a little bit on there, but I never really played a lot of it because the 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 main crux of that device was that you could stream your games to it, and it was way ahead of its time, honestly. But uh, <clears throat> uh, I keep getting distracted. See, this is what happens when Leo's not here. When I just do things by myself, and I'm on my drive home, and I'm. Uh, before I went to my class today, I had uh, a 32 ounce tumbler of coffee, and then I drank an energy drink right after that. And Leo's not here to rein me in, so I'm just, I'm just, I'm going, I'm going. Uh, but anyway, 
uh, uh, but the bloodline. So I got the code for this game, right? And I'm not gonna lie. At first, when when I first started playing, before I really got his teeth into me, I, I was. I was texting Leo and I was like, I don't know if I'm, I think this might be my first negative review because I literally have no idea what I'm doing. And it took me, it took me to really like sit down and buy into what this game is trying to feed me, right? This game is not going to hold your hand. I don't know if it's going like it, maybe that, maybe if, you know, better onboarding for, you know, new players is going to be a part of the development process. But like right now, you start the game and it's basically like, hey, this is your keep. Uh, There's some quests over there. Do you, boo. And you start doing these quests and some of them are, you know, pretty self-explanatory and easy. Like there's one where it's like, uh, hey, go outside the keep and kill these goblins. And you're like, well, what do I do? Uh, how do I kill these goblins? And they're like, well, you just pick a weapon and go. And you get your weapon and you go. Uh, and it's got a waypoint that you know shows you where the goblins are, stuff like that. But it's when you get to some of the other quests, like uh, there's a quest where you have to mine for, uh, for copper ore. And there are quests where you need to build a bakery or something like that. And you need to get the necessarily necessary materials. The game does not tell you where to go for these materials. Uh, they give you like a very broad idea. Like they'll be like, just go outside the keep and you'll find it. Well, when you get outside the keep, there's a massive map. Google is your friend here. Uh, I watched a couple of YouTube videos and, you know, did a little Googling around. And that's where I found... Uh, like the wheat, for example, uh, you know, I'm driving right at, right at the second. I can't remember the, uh, it's like mill, some mill Haven maybe, but there's a, like a town where you can go to and you can harvest wheat there. Uh, just a certain amount. You can't just like get an infinite amount. So I'm assuming you just got to go harvest the wheat and then come back later. But, uh, it's stuff like that kind of hampered the experience for me for a little bit. Because, you know, obviously I didn't know what I was doing and I kind of, it kind of made me want to just put the game down and walk away. Uh, but once I found out those things, things started to open up a little bit more. Uh, combat is where this game really excels for me because you have a level up system that's kind of similar to Skyrim, where once you level up, you get attribute points where you can put it into health, magic, uh, uh, mana, or uh, stamina. And then you can unlock skills like an uh, MMO. So you basically, there's a lot of skill trees, guys. Let me just tell you right now, there's a lot of skill trees. There's, uh, you can put it into skills for like your sword or something like that. Or you can go into uh, like spell casting. Like for my particular character, I had sword abilities. And I also started to invest in necromancy a little bit. And let me tell you, that was a lot of fun. Once, but and again, the game didn't really te- like it. Didn't really have like a tutorialization aspect where it, it, it was said, "Hey, once you level up, you can you know put your attributes in here, and then you can go into the skill trees." I didn't. The only reason I knew about the skill tree is because I happened to look at the menu a little closer and I saw it. Uh, 
and before that, you know, I was just hammering on, you know, clicking the mouse and, you know, just you know, spamming the attack button. And I didn't really like the combat. But once you get uh, the skill tree involved, the combat really starts to open up and you get to customize how you want to play your character. And it's a whole lot of fun. Uh, the enemy variety isn't really there yet. Uh, you know, I didn't really see a whole lot more than, you know, human bandits, goblins, uh, some zombies here and there. Oh, sorry. There's a there's a bug on my windshield, so I was trying to. It was like a little gnat, so I was trying to smack it, and I missed. Um, sorry. Uh, so yeah, I mean, combat's great. Exploration. Uh, as far as you know, mobility goes, you're you're gonna have a fun time here, because like I'll never forget this. I was, you know, walking around, jumping, sprinting, you know, the, the the normal thing that you can do in RPGs like this. I did not expect to be able to climb. And there's a quest, like, right when you start off where it's like, this guy's like, hey, my hat got stuck up there. Uh, can you get it? And I was looking, I was like, I don't know how I'm going to get that hat. And just off of a whim, I just jumped at the wall. And when I stuck to the wall, I was like, oh, my God, this is special. So not only can you climb in this game, but you can wall run which would j j just took it to the next level for me. Uh, jumping and wall running, or after I figured out that I could do those two things, I was acting, I, I was parkouring all over this key. Do you understand me? Like even uh, the first dungeon in the game that I got to was the, uh, there's a dungeon, I'm trying not to spoil anything for somebody that wants to play this, but the first place that you get sent to for how am I gonna wear this? Um, after you get the weapon, the guy, that guy that gives you the weapon, he sends you to the first like main dungeon of the game. And I was I was acting like I was acting a fool in this dungeon. I was running along the walls. I was chopping off heads. I was casting spells. It was just a fun time all around. Um, you can loot things. Uh, and, you know, as you're going through the dungeon, you can open up crates and you get a bunch of loot. Uh, and you're going to want to do this because cooking in this game involves... It's kind of like how Minecraft crafting works, where you're basically just putting things in and seeing if anything comes out of it. It's a lot of trial and error. The, uh, the best way that I can describe the cooking is there are things that you put in, you get food, and there are things you get in that give you more ingredients to make food. Like, if you put in a bunch of vegetables, you'll get soup, right? But if you want to make bread, you have to put wheat in to make flour. And once you make enough flour, you can put the flour in, and that makes the bread. Stuff like that. It's really cool. It's really intuitive. The fishing system... Uh, I'm trying to think of, like, a good game to reference the, to let you know kind of what it's like. It's kind of like a timing system where, you know... Uh, Kind of like Stardew Valley, but not really, because in Stardew Valley, you know, you're waiting for the, the little bar and the fish to align, and you have to keep it, you know, level like that. But this time, you've got the little bar sliding back and forth, and you have to hit it when it hits it, when it's in the green, and that's how you, you know, you reel in the fish. And mining works in a similar way, where, you know, as you're mining, you got to hit the button, you know, you have to time it just right, and then you get, a you get like some bonus experience points if you do that. And mining is very important because you need to mine stone to construct more buildings for your keep. You, you, know, you get copper ore, iron ore, all stuff that you can use to build buildings. 
and the buildings in your keep. Sorry, I think I'm about to sneeze. <coughs> oh, excuse me. Oh, I'm getting over a cold too. So that's just a problem I've got going on right now. Uh, there are a lot of buildings that are available in this early access build, but then a lot that aren't available. And this is uh, in the skill tree as well. Uh, like I saw vampirism was in there, which is something sounds really cool because I'm, you know, right now I'm playing Diablo 4's season two as well as this game. So, uh, just vampirism is just like a really cool thing for me right now. Anyway, uh, the buildings have, you know, varying ability, uh, abilities, they have various effects. For example, the bakery provides you with bread every day. And there's stuff like there's a fletchery, there's an armory, there's wizard towers, there's all kinds of stuff that you can basically build into your own village. Um, to and you know I've, we've talked about how to get stone and ore and all that, but the 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 other materials like wood and wheat, you know, uh, well we, we we didn't talk about wheat earlier, but so to when you're going to new play like when you venture outside of the keep, you're you're basically you're put into an overworld map where the map, I mean, the camera zooms way out and you can just see all the places that you can go to. And it's basically like a point and click thing at this point where you're, you know, you're pointing where you want to go and you watch your little, your little guy cause he's so little because the camera's so high and you know, you go to the, the place you want to go. And as you're going, you can, there's specific trees that you can cut down. You know, you can cut down your trees there. Uh, and that's how you get your wood. And this system is both good and bad. Good in the fact that it lets you get to other places faster than you would if you were just having to walk all this way. You know, I mean, your fingers get tired because, I mean, you're just going to keep holding that W button and, you're, you know, you're going to be looking around. And, you know, it's good in that, in that facet of it, right? The, 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 the problem I kind of had with it is you had like certain, like you had to set up camp to actually explore a place from like ground view to where you can, you know, actually fight, etc. I wish that you could pick where you set your camp instead of having a designated spot to set your camp because I did not know that the first dungeon was a part of that campable area. So I went and explored, and then I said, oh, okay, so I need to go right there. So I went back out to the map, and then I walked over to where that place was on the map, and I set up camp there and took me back to the original spot. That's the only real issue I have with that system. Um, graphically, this game is kind of like uh, the, the word I'm looking for. It's like the an homage to like retro-style graphics. It's kind of like how... Uh, what's that new game? Battle Bit Remastered. Kind of like that kind of art style. Like a, like a, retro, a new age retro look. Um, performance wise, I just got a new PC in our office that, you know, ran this game like a dream. I will say that when you start out, sometimes it didn't do it the first time I played the game, but the second time I played the game, it was in... I think windowed full screen or something like that, you want to switch that over to full screen ASAP because what's going to happen is your, your screen's going to keep cutting out. So you definitely want to make sure that you are in like full, full screen mode. You just want to make sure you got that going on. Um, as far as Steam Deck goes, I didn't really get a chance to test it out that much. 
I will say the default settings weren't running too great, but I wouldn't be worried. Again, this is an early access build. Uh, controller support wasn't in here as well, but I mean, there are plenty of Steam profiles you can look through, and I'm sure that they worked fine. And again, early access build, I'm sure this game is going to get optimized uh, as it goes along, and I'm sure... You know, everybody wants their game on the Steam Deck because it, once you get that Steam Deck verified badge, everybody's going to flock to it. Uh, you know, the Steam Deck is just a, it's not just a, a good thing for for Valve because they're selling these things like hotcakes, but it is a good thing for developers because I can tell you one thing, I have spent way more money on Steam on way more games since I got the Steam Deck because it's got that portability factor and they, they, they're not charging people arms and legs like Nintendo's doing with their Switch. Uh, but yeah, so if you're going to play this game for now, I would say stick to a PC, but you can probably tinker a little bit and get it running on the Steam Deck. Uh, I just didn't test it out that much, if that makes sense. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's anything that I have forgotten to talk about here. We've talked about comment, comment. We've talked about combat. We've talked about uh, traversing the open world. We've talked about, uh, oh, uh, the soundtrack. Uh, it, it's fine. Uh, there's nothing bad about it, but there's nothing terribly memorable, uh, memorable about it. Uh, but yeah, this is, this is a game that, again, because it's not very good at telling you what to do, um, it took a, it took me a, a couple, you know, a couple of times sitting down in front of the computer to, to really get into it. But once you do, this is a fun game and it's only going to get better. The, you know, this game, again, I've said it like 500 times, but it's in early access. It's as this, as this guy, you know, continues his development process, all these little things that are, you know, bothersome now, they're going to get fixed. I assume. I hope so, because what the bones here are fantastic. This is a great RPG that is worth your time. If you like Skyrim, Minecraft, any games like that, this is going to be right up your alley. I was provided a review key for this game, so I'm not sure about the price. I think it's around fifteen to twenty dollars, but you know you're going to double check that on your own because I, again, I am driving. Um, but yeah, uh, thanks for listening. Thanks to the developer for giving me this, uh, you know, this opportunity to review his game. I'm a big fan. I can't wait to see what you do with it as you go on. And I will see you guys next time. All right, we're on our night ride home now. Uh, this is going to be another section of that uh, multi-part episode. And uh, this time we're going to be talking about Alaskan Road Truckers. Uh, so this game, you know, it's kind of like a double-edged sword, right? Because on one hand, it got me into driving sims. You know, I've always seen on the uh, same since I got a Steam Deck, I should say. Uh, I've always seen games like European Truck Simulator Two and American Truck Simulator and all the DLCs. Uh, and I've always known that it's like a popular game market. So this was kind of my chance because you know we were uh, all the games in this episode have been we you know provided a review code for and uh. So I, I, I downloaded this game, and unfortunately, I personally cannot recommend this game yet. Uh, I think that if they tweak it, 
it would be worth a purchase one day. But right now, I just can't recommend it, and I'm going to tell you why. Uh, I, I knew the problems were starting when I started into the game, because right away, you know, all the other big truck simulators run like a dream on the Steam Deck. And when I loaded this game in, it was a disaster. Uh, the game looked bad. Uh, I, well, I should say it ran bad on default settings and I had to make it look bad to run decently. So that's not what you want. And uh, all the other major truck simulators, you can you can get it running at a, a, a you know, a decent speed. Uh, the other negatives, I'm going to get all through. I'm going to get through the negatives and then I'm going to tell you what the game gets right, because it does get a, a lot right. It just gets a lot wrong, too. Uh, so the driving aspect of it, basically, you know, it's a truck simulator. So you're going from point A to point B with, you know, whatever load that you have to carry. <clears throat> the, it doesn't, you know, like with other trucking simulators, you just, you, you accept a job, you're already ready to go. You just got to get on the road on this one. You actually, uh, you, you get in your truck, you accept your job. And then you go over and you back up, you hook onto the trailer, you know, you attach the hoses, all that fun stuff. It's actually kind of cool. It's, it's, a, it's a decent, I, it would decent. It's a good idea. Uh, I, I wish there was an option to choose whether you do that, all that or not, because sometimes that I wish, I really do wish that I could have, you know, just hopped out of the truck. Oh uh, no, hopped into the truck and pushed a button and everything was done for me. I wish there was that option. Uh, but it is cool that it is there. Uh, then you get on the road and being on the road is exactly, you know, how a trucking sim should be. You're driving, you're going through, you know, all these areas. It's nice. There are elements where, <clears throat> excuse me. Yeah, I'm getting kind of over a cold still. So just bear with me. And I don't have a drink. That's great. Um, uh, you have to make sure you have gas. You have to make sure. Uh, that you have, you know, food and drinks for your journey. You have to make sure you keep your character rested. So it's it's got elements of keeping your character taken care of, which is a nice touch. I really do like that. It, it adds, you know, feeling to the world. And to rest, you can, you know, th there are hotels you can stay at, but I never really stayed at the hotels. I usually just, you know, pulled over at a gas station somewhere and I would fill up my truck, I'd get supplies for the road, and then I would uh, park off somewhere and I would just take a nap in the back of the cab. And that always got me the results that I needed. So I never felt like I was doing myself a disservice by not going to the hotels. And like I said, the, uh, the, the aspect of buying food and drinks, I really like that. It's really smart. It's clever. I love it. Um, getting gas, just a little just a little suggestion I would have on how they can make that better because right now what you do is you literally, you, you park in front of the pump and you, you select how many gallons you want and go from there. I wish they would just make it to where I could just say, fill it up. Uh, but that's not an option for some reason. Uh, like I said, just, just a minor gripe there, but the, the main gripes that I have with the game were their performance, obviously, uh, but also the, the, the main issue I have with the game are the, some of the driving mechanics. First off, the other drivers on the road 
They are the dumbest AI that I have seen in a driving game. They go at least 20 miles under the speed limit at all times. Um, they constantly run into me, but some for some reason I have to pay the fine. And even when it is my fault, sometimes the fines feel like they don't really match. Like I can barely hit somebody and get the same amount of a fine that I get for... Uh, like, for example, I was driving and... I barely hit somebody and I got hit with like a 500 something dollar fine. And then like an hour later, I wasn't, I really wasn't paying attention. And I T-boned a guy as I went through an intersection, got the same amount of fine. I feel like I should, I should at least get a bigger fine for that. Um, other than that, I, I, I do feel like the truck could handle a lot better. And I, I again, th these are all things that I feel can be fixed. Uh, all of these mechanics that I have problems with can be fixed. It's just if the developer actually takes the time to do that. Um, and I kind of felt bad, you know, kind of negatively talking about this game in that way. Because in a lot of ways, this game does succeed. I think that the environments, I mean, you're driving through Alaska. It's beautiful. You know, Alaska is a beautiful place to be. You're, you're driving through all these lush sceneries and all that. Uh, it's just really a shame that the performance, uh, the, the game is so poorly optimized. Uh, and that the, there are just a lot of things in the driving that need to be tuned up a little bit. Also, while I'm thinking about it, uh, there are uh, more of the non-driving simulator parts of it where you can... You can, you have a, a headquarters where you can, you know, you can accept jobs from there. And you can also, as you get more money, you can upgrade your headquarters by building on additions to it and also, you know, purchasing new trucks, stuff like that. Uh, the, the problem I have with that, though, is that there's not a fast travel option, which I feel like is a huge missed opportunity. And I think this game would have greatly benefited from that because a lot of the times... I would be accepting jobs on the fly and I would want to go back to my headquarters, but I would just not do that unless there was a job that was taking me over in that direction. Because I mean, you got to think these driving sims, you're using money to, to drive over there. So I, unless I was already making money by going over there, I was just like, no, I don't want to, I don't want to go over there. I'll get there when I get there. Uh, I, I do think that, you know, Again, we got this game for free, and I, I will play this game again, you know, once there are some patches made to it. Uh, but I would say just for now, you know, play it smart, be, pay attention to reviewers and stuff like that. Because when this game is fixed, I'm sure there will be, well, if this game is fixed, I'm sure there are going to be videos made about it and you know, things of that nature. So, you know, just keep, keep your eye out, keep your ear to the ground, and whenever this game... Well, I keep saying when. If this game is fixed, definitely give it a look if you like trucking sims because there are a lot of really cool ideas in here. You know, the 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 simulator where you, the, the sim elements where you're taking care of yourself and and, and your vehicle uh, and you know you're building your business. All that's really cool. Oh, uh, one more thing to talk about. There are a lot of bugs in this game. Uh, I had. Uh, there are no save. Uh, there's no uh, cloud saves, at least now. Uh, but the the bug I was talking about was there were a couple of times when I would get to a location, 
and I would park the trailer and it would not let me turn the job in. And I would just have to let myself get a poor rating and drop the, drop the job and just move on because there was nothing else I could do. Uh, but yeah, it, it, what it comes down to is this game was not, I don't think this game was ready to be released. I think they needed to keep it in the development pipeline a little bit longer, you know, fine tune the performance aspect of it, just, and, and you know, just fine tune in general. Uh, but yeah, if you, if, I mean, if you hear all these things, I will say that on, on a normal PC, it ran fine, but any, like, I, I still had a myriad of technical issues, even on a brand new gaming PC. So that's just all things you need to take into account before you jump into this game. Again, I would recommend that you wait to see if this game gets patched. You know, the developer takes time to tweak it. Uh, but that's all for this review. And we're the way that I I'm doing the mental gymnastics in my head. What is coming next after this little uh, segment here is going to be our embargoed review. So stay tuned for that. What's up, everybody? Uh, this is Doug here with the Night Ride Home Podcast, and this is actually our first game that we've gotten a review code for where we have finished our review before the review embargo lifted, which basically means we got the code early enough to, to you know really dive into the game and take a look at it. It's also our first Nintendo Switch code. Uh, it was one of those things where I felt bad because, you know, Leo, Leo's been... We, Whenever I get a new review code, I take a look at what Leo's doing, and in this case, uh, I had I was working on the Alaskan Road Truckers review when this came through, I think. No, what was I working on? I was working on something else. Uh, Life of Delta. That's what I was working on, that review. Um, I was finishing that up, but I I saw that we had a review code come in, and I was like, okay, I'm just going to send this one over to Leo, and then I saw it was a switch code. So I had to, t- I had to helm this one up. And, uh, the game is called Kickback Slug. And I remember when I saw the title of that game, I was like, okay, what could this possibly be? Because this is one of those where we did not sign up for this review code. It was one of the codes that were assigned to us. You know, sometimes that happens with the video game review. Uh, sometimes we don't get, sometimes we ask for codes. Sometimes we get codes. That makes sense. And this is one of the codes that we got sent to us. And I, I played it over the weekend. It's, it's not a very long game, but I can tell you, uh, I don't know where I was going with that. So we're just going to get into the review. It's called Kickback Slug. And basically the best way that I can describe it to you, there was, it, it's kind of like a style game. I don't know if, you know, the, as a listener, you'll remember this or not, but there was a game on the P, I played it on the Vita. Uh, was it uh, Tales from the Blob from Outer Space? Something like Mutant Blob from Outer Space, something like that. It was kind of like a platformer where you would just go through these levels as you know these little creatures, and you'd uh, go level to level and stuff like that. And that's kind of what this reminded me of. Uh, you you're, you work for a company called LOL, and basically you're a delivery company, right? And your ship crashes on an alien planet, you lose all your parcels, and basically your goal is you've got a gun, and you've got to escape the planet. So you and your uh, your little, your, your sidekick, I, 
I feel bad. I forgot his name, but you can always go look at our WordPress page because that's going to have the full written review. But honestly, um, this review isn't going to be that long and the written review isn't either because the game was, it's very brief. Um, you have different, what's the word? It's kind of like how Mario is where, you know, you have a certain amount of levels and one theme and then you get to the next world, and then it's kind of, that's actually a perfect description. Is that worlds? There are different worlds with a, uh, a collection of levels in each world, and in every level there are uh, two different ways to get through to the end. Either way, you have to get through a portal at the end of the level. But you can either choose to find a switch hidden somewhere in the level to open the portal, or you can hit a. There's an hourglass that spawns like at the beginning of every level. If you go to find the switch, it's it's just as simple as, you know, finding wherever the switch is hidden in the level and shooting it, and that will open up the portal, and you can continue from there. But if you do the hourglass, you're put on a timer. Once you shoot that hourglass, the portal is open, but you only have a certain amount of seconds to get to the end of the level. And that's, that's actually a good way of saying that these levels are very brief. Um, I would say most of the levels I got... I got through them in less than a minute because, I mean, it's honestly, there's only a few levels that actually, you know, honestly challenge me. And, sorry, I, 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 I was just switching lanes while I thought. Uh, the levels are all great. They're, they're really brief, but the art style and you know, the levels the you know, the enemy design in these levels are all, you know, really thoughtful and creative. You get through the levels, you have three different, uh, modes of, I guess you call mode, you would say, uh, mode of fire. Maybe that's the word I'm looking for. Uh, you have the blaster, which is, you know, you use it to shoot things with, and you can, whatever direction you're pointing in is where you're going to be, you're going to be going the opposite direction. So if you're shooting in front of you, your character is moving backwards, if that makes sense. Um, also, there is the hover mode, which is it's basically, it's basically a jetpack, honestly. Uh, you just use that to kind of, you know, fly around the level to get to where you need to be. And then there's the cannon, where you fire it and it shoots you wherever you want to go. Uh, all of these modes are useful in certain situations. Um, I had, I, I will say, I had a lot of fun in the moment-to-moment levels. The, the game is really good in that aspect, but the problem lies in the boss battles in, in this game. Oh, and I should also say, before we get to the boss battles, the, uh, every level has a parcel that you can find, and that's kind of, you kind of want to do that. You want to get the parcels, but they are, they are optional. I have a feeling there's like some bonus stages you can get if you get all the parcels, but I haven't got all of them yet. Um, the problem in this game lies in the boss battles, and these boss battles are legitimately just bad. And I hate saying that because I I hate being negative in game reviews. I really do. But when when I have a problem with the game, I try to give constructive criticism instead of, you know, just chopping it down. But these boss fights really just need to be heavy, either heavily tinkered or taken out completely because they are 
I think they're a good idea, but in execution, they just fall completely flat. Uh, I, this is the, and I, again, I hate to say this, but this is the first time that a game mechanic just has completely turned me off of the game. Because in every other aspect, I think Kickback Slug is a decent game. I think that the R cell is great. It looks great on the Switch OLED. It performs great. Uh, I think in the normal levels, you know, everything is fantastic. Like, well, it's good, you know, it's a good game. But when you get to the boss fights, the game, I'm trying to think of like, well, first off, the, the boss fights don't feel very inspired. They, like, there's nothing that you haven't seen before in these boss fights. Um, and the main issue of it is there's, it doesn't feel like any level of skill is going to help you get through these boss fights because I remember when I got to the first boss, I just thought that I was, I thought that I was just bad at the game maybe because, because what ends up having to happen is you have to cheese. I had to cheese the first boss fight. Basically I was trying to dodge all of its attacks while also, and that's the thing you're having to dodge while also trying to line up your shots because you know your gun is your method of movement. So while you're dodging, you're also not able to shoot while you're dodging, if that makes sense. The <clears throat> I think when I the point that it cemented in my head that I was not gonna have fun with the boss fight, it was planted in the first boss fight, and that grew into a whole tree in the second one. Uh, and by the third boss fight, I was just I, I was convinced that these weren't going to be very good, and I was never proven wrong. Uh, there, There is legitimately a mechanic in the second boss fight that if there is a way to dodge it, the game has it, it does not tell you. And I tried everything that I can think of to dodge the mechanic. It's a, it's a laser, and basically it spins around the room, and I've tried to dodge it, and you just can't. I could not ever dodge it. And it's one-hit kill in this game. If you get hit by anything, you're dead. So what it boiled down to is I had to kind of cheese the <clears throat> there basically if you get the boss to a certain health threshold like if you drop an enemy's health a boss's health by like a third usually when you respawn the the boss will start at that same health like a, a third less health but it doesn't always work out that way like I would he would have 75% health for like three tries and then he would go back up to like 90 so I would I just did the boss fight over and over and over and over and over again until I just was able to whittle his health down enough to where you know eventually I was able to kill him without him doing that attack because every time he would do that attack I, I just I would put the switch down because I knew it was a game over um I think and, and I, I've said it multiple times. I hate that I have to be negative, but until these boss fights are fixed, I I'm, you you have to have a strong will. Like Leo, who is a strong lover of Souls games, I don't even think he would like these boss fights because there's it it doesn't like every time I died, I didn't think oh. Well, yeah, I, I, this is difficult, but I see what I'm supposed to do. It was, this is difficult. I have no idea what I'm going to do. I'm going to keep flailing like a fish out of water until I luck my way through the boss fight. And that is not how boss fights should work. Uh, like I said, though, 
everything else in the game is great. So if you, if you feel like you can get through the boss fight issue, maybe by the time you, you hear this review and you pick up the game, maybe it'll be something that you feel like you can put up for. Because I think this game's only retailing for about $12. So it's not, it's not expensive. Uh, I think that the developer could have a cool franchise here if they wanted to make a sequel to kick, like a Kickback Slug 2 and, you know, either tweak or completely remove the boss fights altogether. I think they, you know, they could have something special here. And I think this game would work for mobile and it's not coming to mobile already. Uh, but yeah, so that is our review of Kickback Slug. And uh, that's going to do it for this episode. You know, we had a lot of reviews. Uh, <clears throat> if you like it, go check our WordPress page. We've got a lot of reviews there. Uh, some of the reviews we have on the WordPress, we have not had an opportunity to make into audio versions of those reviews yet. The reason for that is we tend to prioritize games. <clears throat> I usually prioritize putting audio reviews into the podcast for games that we were provided review codes for because, you know, these developers, they're, they're giving us these games so that we can talk about them and spread aware, like, you know, let people know these games are here. So I, I kind of tend to prioritize those games. So for reviews for, like, Baldur's Gate 3 and Fae Farm, like, games like those are probably not going to get an audio review, you know, just for obvious reasons that I just spelled out there. But it would still mean a lot, of, a lot to me and uh, to Leo. If you can go check those out, because, you know, we do work, we, I mean, we do work hard on those reviews, so, uh, yeah, I think that's just gonna, uh, that's gonna just about do it, so, thanks for listening, everybody.